The young girl had just entered the darkened alleyway when she noticed that three big men were following her. She wasn't too concerned because in a moment she would be at the meeting hall where she would be safe. But when she got there, the hall was closed and locked and dark. She looked back and the men were still there, stopped standing and staring at her. How could God possibly save her from this potentially dangerous situation? You'll find out next on this episode of Better Life Today. This podcast is brought to you by Better Life Broadcasting Network. Since 1990, Better Life has been providing Bible-based religious programming to the public. For more information, including how you can view Better Life's channels on your TV or digital device, how you can contact us, or even how to make a donation, please visit blbn.org. That's blbn.org for Better Life Broadcasting Network. And now, here's today's podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of Better Life Today. With me is Sayudi Rodriguez. Sayudi, welcome. Thank you. You and your husband run uh, the Spanish channel here at Better Life. Vida Mejor. And you've seen yes. a lot of people respond to that yes. as we've been it's broadcasting. Yes. yes. We are doing a series uh, on Better Life Today of stories of faith. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those in the series. We're going to be sharing more stories today about how God works today, mm-hmm. not just in Bible times. He works today doing miracles. Amen. But before we get into all of that, um, something special has been happening in your life recently. You've become, uh, you've gone from being you and your husband to what? To four now. We have four two little family. ones. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we're foster parents. Uh-huh. And so it's been an adventure. <laughs> what it have you learned? Exciting. I mean, you, you know, this is the first time that little yes, feet little have been ones. in your home. Yes. What uh, have you learned? Um, Lots of lessons, but one is that um, my husband and I are very used to praying, Mm -hmm. and now the kids are learning to pray. And to hear their prayers is so pure and so simple, Mm -hmm. and that's how it should be. You know, you're just praying from your heart. And so you have the little boy saying to God, hey, make sure daddy gets here safe. Thank you. You know, (laughs) and it's it's sweet. You know, he's learning little by little, but... um, I think the purity and the simplicity of praying as a child. No wonder God said, you know, Jesus said, let the children come to me and learn from them. You know, we need to learn little lessons here and there. That's why. That's right. Our relationship to God is he's our parent, yes. our heavenly father. Yes. And so I'm sure you're learning a lot of lessons about mm-hmm. what, it, what it's maybe like for God to be yes. our parent by being a parent yes. to these two young ones. Yes. You mentioned that. And I remember this morning coming out and one thing that I've been doing ever since we got them is I always check. I'm the first one to get up, so Mm -hmm. I check on them, make sure that they have their blanket on, Mm -hmm. that they're covered, that they're okay. Mm -hmm. And you're right, that's what God does. He's checking on us, he cares for us. That's right. Well, we're gonna look at one of the uh, um, experiences that Jesus had when he was living on this earth. That's our Bible text for today. Uh And uh, let's go to that. We're we're gonna be reading a, a short story of something that happened to Jesus found in John 8, Mm -hmm. verse 48 through 59. And uh, we'll go back and forth, Sadie. Okay. I'll start and then we'll just share this verse. This is a story of of Jesus talking with the Jewish leaders. Then the Jews answered and said to him, do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never 
see death. Then the Jews said to him, Now we know you have a demon. Abraham is dead, and the prophets. And you say, If anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead, and the prophets who are dead? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. And yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I should be a liar like you. But I do, not, but I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. <laughs> then the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old. And have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Then they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Amen. <laughs> this is one of those exciting stories you kind of wish you were there. Yes. You know, if you, if you read into the life of Jesus, he was so kind and compassionate to uh, the people he came around with. But his harshest words, his, most, uh, re his strongest rebukes were for the Jewish leaders. Mm. And you'll see that over and over again because they were the ones who were supposed to know what was happening. Right. They were supposed to be helping him reach the world and save it. And it seemed like they were doing everything in their power to stop him. Yes. So you, know, you can kind of understand why Jesus had to speak strongly to them. Of all the people in the world, you should know what my job is. You should be helping me. Right. But the thing that really struck them here was um, when he said, I am. Mm -hmm. What did he mean by that when he said, before Abraham was, I, I am. am? Yes. That he was God. That's, he that was, was an there expression. Before, yes. That's what, uh, remember when Moses was going to see the Pharaoh? Uh -huh. God told him, tell him that I am. I am. Yeah. So the Jews knew that Jesus was saying, I'm God. Uh -huh. And what did they do? They didn't like it. They were, yes. they were furious. That's why they picked yes. up those stones. They yes. said, he's calling himself God. We're going to go after him. You know, a lot of people, though, I've talked to people on the phone who say Jesus isn't God. But I don't see that in the Bible. You see Jesus calling himself God. You see that after he was resurrected, the disciples bowed and worshipped him. You don't worship an angel. You don't worship a human. You only worship God. That's, That's what the right. Ten Commandments says. So most assuredly, we know Jesus was God. Amen. There's just That's no way right. around it. Yes. Wow. And what part of the story did you like? My favorite part, one of my favorite parts was the last Bible verse. It says that they took the stones to throw at him, mm -hmm. and yet Jesus walked in the midst of them and was not harmed at all. Yeah. Just like he had made himself invisible. Yeah. Like God put his hand on him because Jesus said he, never, he didn't have any power himself. Right. He always... Except for the Father. Mm -hmm. So it's like the Father covered Protecting him and hid him, him mm -hmm. as he walked out. Yes. And the reason we chose this story was we want to share stories that have to do with God protecting his people yes. uh, when they're working for him or even when they're not. But I wanted to share some stories. And, you know, I started the program with that one story about the girl in the alleyway. You uh, want to hear that uh, one? Yes, please. It's, it's another one of my favorites. I keep on saying that because I have so many favorites. <laughs> But this, the, the story, two stories, main stories that I want to share today happened in the early 1900s. Okay. This first one happened towards the end of World War II. And there was a lady and she was living in uh, Los Angeles and she needed to go up towards Placerville, I believe, which is in Northern California, quite a drive. And during the time of World War II, there were things happening called rationing. 
Okay. Do you know what that is? They, they say, okay, because of the war, our supplies are low. You can only buy this much sugar. Okay. You can only buy this much flour. Mm -hmm. Well, in her case, she needed, for her trip, she had three tires that were really worn down. She needed to get new tires. So in those days, you just didn't go down to the tire store and get new tires. You had to apply to receive them through the ration board. Okay. So she went to the ration board and said, can I please get four new tires for my car? And they said, I'm sorry, until those things are worn out, we're not going to give you four mm -hmm. new tires. You'll have to go up. Uh, maybe you can get it up in, uh, on the way to Northern California, maybe in Fresno or someplace along there, Bakersfield, you can get the tires, but we won't give them to you here. Mm -hmm. She had a spare in the back. She had her four worn tires, and the spare I don't think was that good either. And she needed to go north. Now, she had an occupation that's a little unusual probably to our viewers. She was what they call a call porter. Okay. Now that term, I know it because in the church I've heard it all my life. Our church has had call porters for yes. years and years and years and years. But our audience may not know what that term means. Mm -hmm. A call porter is somebody who sells religious books. Right. They typically go door to door. And through the years our church has done that. And uh, call porters have had some of the best stories. Yes. Because when you go door to door, you really are living by faith. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, uh, sometimes that's your only source of income. Right. And sometimes you couldn't be in danger. And you need your angel walking right beside you when That's you're a call right. porter. Well, this lady was a call porter. A young lady was a call porter. And she need, anyway, so back to the story. She needs to make the trip, Los Angeles to uh, Northern California. So they have prayer. She gets in her car and goes. And wouldn't you know it, she's driving by just before Fresno. Uh -huh. And it's raining. And she has a flat tire. Oh, no. She was worried that that would happen. It did happen. But she says, hey, I've got a uh, spare tire. So she waits for the rain to subside. Then she gets out of her car and switches out the tire. She's got the spare tire on and she keeps going. But it's not that much further and she gets another flat tire. Oh. Now she's sitting there. It's still raining. So she decides to pull off and, and let the rain subside and think, what am I going to do next? Mm -hmm. Well, in a short time, a patrolman comes up to her and uh, she rolls down the window and he says, miss, what seems to be the problem? And she said, that seemed to be a really unusual question yes. because couldn't he see I have a flat tire? Right. She explained the situation and he said, well, he says, you're very close to Fresno. He says, I think if you go slowly and you go up here, you'll be able to ride on the rim a little bit. It's not going to damage your rim or your car. Go on up there. And he told her there's a ration board meeting tonight at this and this location. And he told her where to go. Mm -hmm. So she followed his instructions, went down the road, and soon she was in Fresno, downtown Fresno. She found the location where he said the meeting was going to be, and he said it was going to be at 7 o'clock that night. And it was very close to that time, so she sat in her car waiting a few minutes until she would get out and go to the ration board meeting. As she was sitting in her car by herself with a flat tire, she saw three big men walk by, and they noticed her. Mm. And they looked at each other. They kind of got together and started talking among themselves, looking back. And she said she noticed it, but it didn't make that big of an impression on her at the moment. Mm -hmm. Because, hey, she's going to a meeting, everything's going to be okay. Seven o'clock comes. She gets up out of her car, locks the car, starts heading down the alleyway. Because the meeting hall was in the alleyway, you go to the door that way. She walked down the alley, and uh, she heard a noise. She turned around and looked. Those three guys Behind. were following her. Oh. Uh, made her a little nervous, you know. She's by herself, young yes. lady. She says, okay, I'm going to be okay because I'm going to make it to that door and they'll have the meeting and everyone's going to be there and it's going to be safe. She walked along and she got to the door and she reached for the handle. It was locked. Oh. The inside of the thing was dark. And she looked back at the guys and they had stopped. And they were standing there. 
staring at her. She said, oh no. She said, there's nobody here to help me. The guys are obviously following me. Yes. And now they've stopped to see that what I'm gonna do next. Uh -huh. In that split second of what she was gonna do, all of a sudden, another voice called out to her. A man appeared right next to her hmm. from seemingly out of nowhere. She didn't see where he had come from. And she says in her story that this man told her, said the one thing that she would feel comfortable responding to in a stranger, to a stranger in a situation like this. Do you know what the man said to her? What? This is the most unusual thing. <laughs> he said, you're a call porter, aren't you? Huh. And that was, where did he get this? What, why yes. would you say that? She turned to him and said, why, why yes, but how do you know? And then the man said something equally as unusual. He said, don't you remember before you left, Pastor Smith, let's say, Pastor Smith asked me to go with you? And she, this was even more confusing. What are you yes. talking about? She didn't oh, wow. understand what he was saying. In her mind, she's thinking this. What are you talking about? Well, the three guys who had stopped and were following her saw that now she was talking to the stranger. So they decided to continue on their way without doing anything. And they just went down the hall, wow. down the alleyway, and soon they were out of sight. And so now with them out of the picture, her new friend yes. says, now what seems to be the problem? And she says, and then she pours out the whole thing. I need to go up to Northern California and my tires and this and that and the other thing. And he says, well, let's go across the street to the drugstore and see if they might have some information for you. So he walks with her across the street. They go down to the, to the drugstore and find out that, oh, tonight the meeting's not at seven o'clock. It's like at eight o'clock. Okay. It's been delayed. Yes. So she says, great. They walk back out of the drugstore. She turns to her new friend and says, oh, I forgot to ask them something. I'll be right back. Stay right here. She runs in the store to ask whatever question she had. Uh -huh. When she comes back out, her new friend it's gone. is gone. Oh. Somebody later asked her, they said, when you left Los Angeles, did they have prayer for you? And did the pastor ask that God would send his angels with you? And she said, I don't remember exactly what they said. I can't remember. She says, I've tried to remember. She says, but they often would ask that, so I, probably yes. so. Yeah. Wow. And so here in her situation, the Lord sent somebody to help her Praise and to God. protect her from that potentially very dangerous situation. Yes, yes. And so that's God just another one that. of God's wonderful stories yes. of protection. He does that. Um, my husband and I, uh, every morning we pray that God will be with us, that he will protect us, that the angels will come. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time um, when we were serving the Lord in San Jose, the church was in a location that was kind of dangerous. Mm. And my husband was going to the church for, I don't know, a, a meeting maybe. And um, one of the members calls him and says, Pastor, be careful, okay? Because there was a shooting that happened and the last place they saw these people um, was in a restaurant that it's next to the church. Oh. So you be careful because they're looking for them. So this was like during the weekday? Yeah, during the weekday. Okay. So then my husband gets to the church and uh, the parking lot has these cars, you know, these police cars. And they have the dogs, you know, that are yes. smelling if they were there or anything. And he comes and the, the policeman says, oh, who are you? My husband I'm the pastor of the church, and they said, oh, okay, well, we checked, and you're fine. Uh, they're not here. So my husband goes into the church, um, goes into his office. His office had two entrances, the main door, mm -hmm. and then there was another door that was connected to the secretary's office. And usually, every time that he was there, he would open the secretary's office, even though she was not there, just so that there was more connection, you know? Mm -hmm. 
And this time he did not open that door. He went into his office. He met with someone for a Bible study. And he says that during the Bible study, he kept thinking, I need to open that door. Mm. And, you know, just feeling like I always open that door. I need to open this door. Well, this time he didn't. And he finishes the Bible study, says bye to the person and then takes off, leaves the church, goes to pick me up. When we come back to the church, he's, you know, getting some stuff ready. So I come outside and I looked and I thought, this is really, really strange because the door was open, which it was never open. It was open. There were paper flying, papers flying everywhere. And then once I went inside the church, the secretary's office, the door, it seemed like somebody had knocked the door and it was just, it was a mess. So I, I tell my husband, hey, come over here, look what happened. Um, we call the police, they come with the dogs. One of the guys had been hiding there. Oh, the wow. whole time that he had the Bible study, my husband, the guy was hiding there. He had all these guns and it was just, so for us, it was the Lord protected him, even though his mind was saying, you know, I always open that door. Why don't I have it? And even in the middle of the study, you know, thinking I should open the door. I should know. No, God did not allow him to open the door because the man was inside. Wow. Right there. <laughs> so we praise the Lord that day, you know, and it's just amazing the way God protects you. He knows that what we're doing is, is his work. You know, we're serving him. Mm -hmm. And so he protects us. You know, what you say is so important. We need to get used to the fact that we always have to rely on God. Yes. And uh, start your day with, with worship and prayer to God, asking him to lead your steps, to guard your way. And at night, thank him for that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's part of the relationship of the Christian life. Yes. And I'm afraid that many people don't have that. And when you don't build a relationship with God, when you don't talk to him, I'm really fearful that at the end time, Jesus says, God's going to say to many people who call themselves Christians, and he's going to say, I never knew you. Yeah. There was no relationship. Yes. There's nothing going on. But when we talk to God on a regular basis, mm -hmm. as we go about our daily business, oh, Lord, I need to do something about this, or can you help me with this person or this thing or this problem I have? Uh, you're developing a relationship with God. Yes. And yes. I knew a family once where they went on trips, they would pray yes. before, they, you know, before they left on their trips. So I've made that my, mm -hmm. my um, tradition as well. Yes. Go on a big trip, you stop, and you invite right. the Lord to come with mm -hmm. you to help you be a good driver, to help you watch for any dangers, and to get to your destination. That's right. Make God your partner. Make him part mm -hmm. of your life. Mm -hmm. Because even in the story that we read at the beginning about Jesus, mm -hmm. You know, he kept saying, this is my father, my father and I, my father and I. There was that relationship to the point that nowhere in what we just read does it say that he was scared when they got the rocks or yeah. anything. No, he just walked out yeah. because that confidence of, you know what? My God and I, my father and I are, you know, we're walking together. And that's what we should have. Like yeah. you said, that relationship where we're so sure that God is with us. If, if you remember back to when you were a kid, it was hard to be scared when your father was yes. standing next to you. Uh -huh. And so in your That's mind, true. as we become adults, spiritually, you can imagine, Lord, you're standing next to me. I yes. don't need to be afraid. You're right here with me. Mm -hmm. Well, I got another story. Okay. Okay. This is another Call Porter story. Okay. Uh, this happened in about, I believe it was 1926. So mm -hmm. we're going to go back in time a little okay. bit. Okay. Uh, this was told by a Call Porter. She and her husband, they were uh, older, and they would go do Call Portering in uh, Canada. 
and this happened in the little town called Pincher Creek. Now, where is Pincher Creek? I had to look it up on the map myself because I wanted to know. <laughs> yeah. If you go to Montana, because uh -huh. Montana is the, up against uh, Canada, if you go to Montana on a map and you go just north of that, just over the Canadian border, you'll find the town of Pincher Creek. She and her husband were there and they were doing call portering. They were selling their books door to door, religious book, uh, religious book door to door. And um, I don't know if it was one book or many, but they decided to split up and the husband would do part of the town and mm -hmm. she would do the other part because it was a very small town. Okay. In fact, there was one main road that went through it and that was, you know. That was it. That was the big, that was the big <laughs> part of the town. So she took off by herself, went down one street. He took off, went down the other side of the street or whichever way they decided. And everything was going really good. It was wintertime, snow on the ground. Mm -hmm. And as she went down, the houses started to get a fewer and fewer. And she started hearing something that troubled her. They would say things like, I don't think if I were you, I would stop at that last house on this road. And she'd go, well, why? She goes, well, uh, uh, brother and sister live there. They are mean. They will swear at you. They'll do this, that, and the other thing. And they would, they would tell her, if I were you, I would avoid them. We do. <laughs> we avoid them. And as she got closer to that last house, they added a, a few more details, things like, they've got a mean dog there. That dog will go out and he'll bite you. I tell you, he sits up there by that stump. And if, you know, he sees you, he's going to come and bite you. Don't do it. And so what, what do you think this was making her feel yes. like? She's by herself and she's going. But as a call porter, she had a belief that you go to every house mm. because you never know yes. in what house is a soul that needs the Lord. And so she was fighting this. I, I go to every house. There's a big dog. The people are mean. Go to every house. She made her way down to where this last house was. She had intended to go to it, but as she walked up to the gate, at the very last second, she just chickened out. She just couldn't do it. She couldn't do it. She headed right past the gate and walked right past that house. Mm. She, went, she went down a hill and she found a little place where the snow had blown off a rock. And she stopped to gather her thoughts and she knelt on that rock. And she prayed to the Lord something like this. She said, Lord, I'm sorry. I lost my heart back there. I lost my faith, my, mm. my uh, confidence back there. And I, I didn't go to that house, she said, but I know that I need to go to every house. She says, so go with me. Oh, she went there. I will go back to that house. Go with me. Something like that. She got up. I'm sure she brushed herself off uh -huh. and then she headed back to that house. She came back to the house and this time she went up to the gate and she was determined, I am going to do this. The Lord will go with me. She went into that gate and went up. And as she was seeing the house, the snow on the front, there had been so, was so much snow, the wind had blown the front, blown the snow to the front of the house, uh -huh. covering the front door. So they had made a path that you entered the house through the back door. So that's the way she'd have to go. Yes. So she went up the path, back, uh, past the side of the house to the back door, and guess what? There was the dog, oh. just like they had told him. Big old dog right <laughs> next to the stump. But it appeared to be sleeping. The dog actually opened its eyes, looked at her, put his head up, then put his head back down went back and went sleep. back to sleep. Huh. She said, that's a good sign. Yes. <laughs> she went up to the back door and it was as if the, uh, the lady had been waiting for her because that door flew open. And she goes, how'd you get past the dog? That's what the lady said. And she said, oh, well, I just walked past. He seems to be asleep. And then the lady said, well, what do you want? And about this time, her brother was up behind her. So the call porter started giving her canvas. She started saying, I have this book to sell, da-da-da-da-da. 
After a few moments, the man said, the brother behind the lady said, well, I don't think we're much interested in what you're selling, but let me ask you a question. And she said, sure, what's the question? She said, he said, where are those two men who are with you as you came up to the house? Mm -hmm. And this threw her for a loop. She was like, what? She goes, um, I'm sorry, but I'm alone. Well, all of a sudden, the two brother and sister started arguing. No, you weren't alone. We saw you. You were with those two guys. And they started going back and forth. She said, they said, we saw you when you walked past the house the first time, and they were with you by your side, and you went down the hill. And then we saw you when you came back up the hill to our house. They were still by your side, and they followed you all the way up to the house. So where are they? Are they behind the side of the house? And she wow. said, really? I'm alone. They wouldn't That's believe her. As she left and went back, she stopped afterwards, after she had left the house, and she realized, you know, the Lord allowed, must have allowed them to see my angels who are with me. I don't need to see them because I know God sends them with mm -hmm. me, but he allowed them to see it. Amen. And she said, so the Lord not only brought her two helpers to yes. walk with her that she couldn't see, but he also subdued that dog. Yes. So the dog didn't cause her any problems. Awesome. It was another wonderful story of how yes. God protected his children going about his business, doing his work. That's right. That's wow. right. That's incredible. Boy, Do we have time for another story? Or? Well, we've only got a, a, a couple of minutes left. Okay. Do you have a quick story? A quick story. Yeah. So when we were in San Jose, one of the ministries that we had was to share the news to everybody around us. And then many of them were gangsters. Oh. They were involved in gangs. And one lady there who had been coming to church, um, who was involved in gangs. She invited us for Thanksgiving. And she said, you know, you need to come to my house. We're going to have this big party. We said, sure. So we go, all dressed up. We get there, and there was nowhere to park because there were all these big cars, you know. So we park finally, and we start walking. And everybody that was heading towards her house were gangsters. <laughs> And everybody had tattoos all over. So you looked a lot different. <laughs> Very different. Yeah. So when we get there, um, she hugs us and she starts introducing us to everybody. Everybody, well, of course, taller than me, right? <laughs> she says, hi, hi. And everyone had tattoos, I believe it, except us. Mm -hmm. And um, they had told us that whenever they had a big party like that, the, like, the popular thing was um, to have a fight. There would always be fights. Oh. We were there for probably two hours. A little bit awkward for us because mm -hmm. it was different. We were not used to that. Mm -hmm. But everybody was so kind to us. And that was, they said, one of the first times that they did not have a fight <laughs> during a party like that where so many gangs were involved. And, you know, God calls us to serve him. If he's the one calling us to serve him, then we can be sure that he will be the one that will protect us and keep us safe in mm. situations. And you know, I think you pointed out another, another thing that Christians have an influence. Mm -hmm. When Christians are involved in a situation, things tend to be mellower, yes. calmer. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're calm, if you bring the, the spirit of Christ with you, the, it's just, you can be a, we can be a wonderful asset to situations yes. like that that might normally explode. Yes, so um, let, let the Lord work through you. Pray, Lord, help me to be the salt of the earth that you want Amen. to help influence others. Work through me to touch somebody else's life. Amen. Well, we've shared a number of exciting stories. Yes. As always, we ran out of time before. You know, <laughs> there's more stories than there is time, it seems. But we hope that you've been encouraged to seek the Lord for protection and safety, to go to him, to lay your troubles with him, 
and he will be your father and he will bring you home. This podcast was brought to you by Better Life Broadcasting Network. Visit our webpage at blbn.org. That's blbn.org for Better Life Broadcasting Network. There you'll find more information about the ministry and other programs we think you'll enjoy. You can also send us a note via our webpage, and we'd love to hear from you. Better Life also has a YouTube channel that you can access by going to youtube.com slash betterlifenetwork. That's youtube.com slash betterlifenetwork. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Be sure to search for all the Better Life TV podcasts. Until next time, God bless.